0: Welcome! Welcome! ECHO! 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 Echo. Oh, very good. Discover a life-giving local church where you'll find the community and support you have been looking for.
1: Join us for our services at Mayo High School on Sundays at 915 or 1045. We're eager to meet you and extend a warm welcome Mm. to the ECHO Church family.
0: Yes. At Echo, we hope you'll find your place, people, and your purpose experiencing a true sense of belonging while building friendships and finding support. We believe that this is what we're all seeking and we can't wait to share it with you.
1: Yes. Did you know Stoke the Fire, no. our first live album, yeah. is on Spotify, what? Apple Music, huh?
0: and YouTube? Oh,
1: yes. Do us a favor and like it, share it, put it in your favorite playlist, mm-hmm. make it your only playlist. Yep.
0: I love it. For those of you who wish to partner with us financially to impact Rochester locally and the world globally, you have two convenient giving options today. First, visit our website where we can set up automatic automatic, <laughs> reoccurring donations, allowing us to plan boldly and confidently for the future. Second.
1: Second, you can easily send your contribution via Venmo to mm. at we are the Echo Church.
0: We appreciate your kind and thoughtful investments.
2: Enjoy, Enjoy Echo, Echo Online, Online Service. service. I
3: It's a place to be excited and alive and not dead. Amen? Amen. There we are. Um, If we don't know each other, my name is Pastor Isaiah, or Isaiah. You know, I don't really care about the title. But we're just excited to be here. I'm excited for you guys to be here today and just really um, dive deep into this message alongside with me. But before I get started, I just want to take a moment... I just sense in my spirit that there is a lot of people in the room this morning that maybe are feeling anxious about being here, that their thoughts and their mind is beginning to twirl. And I just want to call us to a place of grounding in scripture. I just want to call us to a place of grounding um, where God can just meet you where you're at and instill peace. So Jesus, all across this room this morning, God, no matter what we walk in here with, God, I just pray right now that our minds would be put to ease, Jesus. God, that we would feel your peace just begin to instill inside of us, Father. That we would just just listen to what your spirit is telling us, God, that you would do a work in and through us today. And I just pray right now, God, that what I'm saying is not my words, but it's your Holy Spirit. God, that every word would surrender to you and that every mind would be receptive. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone says "Amen." amen. Amen. Uh, so I am a youth pastor and so I like you know keeping everyone on their toes a little bit So I'm gonna I'm gonna make sure you guys are with me this morning and I have a quick question How many of you have had a friend or maybe you currently have a friend that has been a bad influence? Come on place of honesty in this place. The church is an honest place. Okay. Awesome. How many of you would say that that person's sitting next to you? Ooh, see <laughs> last service. I'm telling you Y'all are messy I'm out of hands. I just come up like, excuse you. (laughs) Anyway, I love that. I love it. Thanks for being honest. No, we all like a good story, so I figured I would start off with one of my stories. Um, This particular story is from when I'm in high school. Um, I went to high school at Century High School. Any Panthers in the house? Okay, they were apparently here last service. Okay, just a few last service was a lot. But I went to Sentry, and if you know the building of Sentry, you know that there's this big atrium, okay? There's this atrium where everyone has to get through in order to get to their class, from one side of the building to the other. It's two floors, okay? And I happened to be in this group of people that maybe weren't the best influence, okay? I know it's hard to believe, um, but bad influence. And we would stand from the second um, floor balcony over the atrium like this, And we would have uh, Propel water bottles. Anybody love Propel in the house? No. I didn't even know they made them until someone came up, and they're like, oh, they still sell them. It's still active. Okay, great. Didn't know. Um, So anyway, Propel water bottle. It had to be the wide mouth bottle, otherwise this would not work. But we would stand and look for certain individuals to walk underneath us, and then overhang would be the bottle, and we would just drop right in front of them. As you can imagine, all of this, you know, I know it's not a huge reaction I'm looking for, but water would just fly over everyone and we'd be like, oh, next person, who's the next victim? But this is a case of not good influence, okay? Like, that's not a good idea and I just wanna speak to the young people that are here and all over here. Do not be a part of this buffoonery. (laughs) Don't do it, don't do it. You guys need to be better influenced than what I was, okay? So as we get into this, this I want to just start out off with this quote by Anley Lee Stanley. And it says, your friends and community determine the quality and the direction of your life. And I'm going to say that again for the people in the back. Your friends and community determine the quality and the direction of your life. And I think when we look at this quote, if we're truthful, we know this to be true. We know this to be true who we actually spend our time with and who we allow to make up our circle has a tremendous impact in both the quality and the trajectory of our life. I'm going to say that again because I want us to really grasp this. as setting the tone for the rest of the message. The, the, who we allow to make up our circle has a tremendous impact in both the quality and the trajectory of our life, of your life. And I want to just talk about this concept here briefly of of the circle versus a row. In church, I just want to say, like, let me preface, I love what we do here on Sunday mornings. I love that we get to come in here as as a church body. It's really important to gather as a church body, to worship, to pray, to learn. But there is something that doesn't happen inside of the, the, the context of these rows, but it happens inside of the circle. And you're like, well, what does that mean, like the circle? Like... The circle is where we pull back all of our facades. We pull back the, the church face, perhaps. And we get to the nitty-gritty. We get to do real life. Some of you are so uncomfortable. The room is so silent right now. It's okay. We love uncomfortability because it's a sign of growth. Life is better in community. Community. Life is better together. We are not meant to do this life alone, okay? Like, are you all with me on that? Throughout the scriptures, we are made aware of this idea of it's better not to be alone, starting in Genesis, okay? And if you've opened up your Bible, it's the first book of the Bible. In the beginning, okay? I sound like the scripture itself. In the beginning. There was Adam, okay, and God made everything in seven days, and everything was good. Scripture just keeps affirming, it was good, it was good, it was good, but there was one thing, Adam was a lonely bro, okay, so God created Eve, then things became better. Like, that was it. And that is the first form of the context of Scripture where we see relationship happen. Here we go in uh, Ecclesiastes. It talks about a cord of three strands is not easily broken and how we are designed, or not designed, excuse me, for isolation and not to do this life alone. And when we fall down, we need someone to pick us up. Amen? Amen. In Acts chapter 2, this is the early church here, Acts chapter 2, they gathered not just one time a week. Okay? The early church gathered sometimes multiple times a day, daily. They met every single day. And I want to just, like, preface this. Somehow in this culture that is uncomfortable or we can't even fathom what it looks like in our mind to meet with our church body or our circle daily, because some of the time we make the excuse of, I can't even show up to church on a Sunday, or I can't even show up to my Bible study because it's just too uncomfortable or I don't know enough people. And I just think that God is calling us back to the place of the, the, the early church and saying we can do it daily. We can meet with our circle daily. And circles are better than rows. I believe belonging happens inside of the circle. Care and accountability happen within a circle. And it doesn't happen to its full purpose when we happen to be in the row. God's intention for us has always been to live and grow in community. It's always been his design is for us to be known and for us to be seen, and that happens fully in the context of community. John Wesley says this. If you don't know who that is, uh, he's an old-school theologian, and he says, you must find companions or make them. The Bible knows nothing about solitary religion. And I'm going to say that again because me, as I'm prepping for this message, I'm, like, reading that, and I'm like... Lord, why can't I understand this? You must find companions or make them because the Bible knows nothing of solitary religion. What is that saying? The Bible knows nothing of solitary religion. That doesn't mean there isn't a place or a space for you and I to have one-on-one time with the Lord. It is needed. It is, it is and my, my soul craves it personally. Like if I am away from the Lord for too long, Jesus help us. But this is a huge part. It's a huge part. All throughout the pages of scripture, there is no picture that we are meant to do this life in isolation. We are made for community. There was a study that was done um, by Barna in the past 12 months And statistically, and I'm just going to hit on this, this is the whole message in itself, honestly. Statistically, millennials and Gen Z are the two generations that struggle with isolation the most. But I know walking into a space like this, because guess what, I see it on the weekly. I experience on the weekly. Students come into my home, or they walk into a youth group, or they walk into a Sunday morning, and you may may relate with them. You don't have to be a part of the millennial or the, the Gen Z. You could be part of Gen X, whatever it is. Isolation is taking you captive. This morning, I call it out. I name it. Isolation is not your friend, church. The enemy wants you to sit in that space and dwindle. And make your thoughts just be confused. He wants to instill doubt. And this morning, I stand in the gap for you that, it, that we're not for it. This morning, I call you out of that space of darkness, that space of where some of you maybe feel rejected. And we call you to the place of where community is safe and where you can experience your life to the full. Amen? Amen. Amen. Now we get to the fun part. We're going to open up scripture here. Uh, Mark chapter 2. If you have your Bible, I invite you to do it with me, your Bible app, otherwise the screen right here will have it. Mark chapter two, starting in verse one. A few days later, it says, "When Jesus again entered Capernaum, the people heard and he had come or that he had come home." They gathered in such large numbers that were there there was no room left, not even outside the door, and he preached the word to them. Some men came bringing to him a paralyzed man. I want you to take note of that. Carried by four of them. Okay, take note of that as well. Since they could not get him to Jesus because of the crowd, they made an opening in the roof because Jesus, or to Jesus by digging through it and then lowered the mat the man was lying on. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralyzed man, "'Son, your sins are forgiven.'" And here in this context of Scripture, I love just giving you the context because it's important for us to have the context before we dive into it. But if we read a little bit later, or the last half of this, I encourage you when you're done with church, go have your own little Bible study and read till chapter, or verse 11. Jesus heals this man, okay? It's one of the, the most, the biggest, one of the biggest miracles that we see inside of Scripture. But we're going to focus here on these four friends today. These four friends in this context of community. But first, we see if we look at the context, Jesus is back in Caper- Capernaum. There was, this was considered Jesus' uh, second home, it was the place that he did a lot of his ministry the latter portion of his life. He did it within this community. Then there's this man that's mentioned here, and he's not just laying on a mat. I want us to truly understand this and grasp this point, that he is not just laying on the mat. He is living his life on a mat. The man's entire existence, his whole life, has been here on this mat. He, he can't dress himself. He can't go to the bathroom by himself. Like he, He's on the mat. And then it, it goes a little bit further and it says into detail that there's these four friends. And not just any friends, but I would um, say that they are friends that go the extra mile. They helped this man live. Friends that were there through thick and thin. Friends that showed compassion on him. And dare I say that they are the friends that we all need and the friends that we need to be. That is the type of community our souls were created for. And I want to encourage you in this morning to be plugged into community. And even a step further, I want us to be the community, the church community that people need. I want us to really grasp the characteristics here as we dive into the topics of the four friends and, and, and really just help us understand maybe what the people on the mat are going through in our life. Or maybe you walk in here and you're on a mat currently and you're not surrounded by community. So let's let's dive into this here. There are three things that happened within this um, context of community or that happened within the context of community that I kind of observed here. And number one is we lift each other up. In community, we lift each other up. First Thessalonians 5.11 says, Therefore, encourage one another and build one another up just as you are doing. In community, you, you get to really know people, which means when when people are feeling low, when they are in the midst of trials or their faith is uncertain, when when they don't know, don't feel enough, we get to lift those people up. And I'll even say Community is not about all the low times in life. Like, I love when people come into, you know, either an echo high or they come into a small group or I get a text that's like, yo, I passed my test or yo, I got a promotion. Like, we got to lift those people up too. You're going to be great. You're going to do it. But in the context of community, we lift each other up. Life is hard sometimes and we just need to be surrounded and have our arms raised by the people around us. And not just people that will tell you what we want to hear to make us feel good, but people that will speak life over us and that will, uh, that will pray for you. And, and think about those moments, just for a brief moment here. When you were at an all-time lower, when you were struggling in your life, think about the people that showed up. Think about the community. Maybe it was an individual or maybe it was a group. Inside of the scripture, the four friends literally lifted this man To the top of the roof, it says. They literally lifted him up. And I just want to say, like, I don't think that's probably an easy task. There's a lot of medical professionals in the room that are like, nope. (laughs) You wouldn't find me. But I just want to say, it was not an easy task. Like, honestly, like, I I think about this. Like, I want to put myself in the shoes of these men. I, I get winded sometimes bringing up my laundry from the basement to the second floor, okay? And these men are bringing a whole man that has no bodily function, that is paralyzed, to the roof. Because why? They knew what it meant to him to see Jesus. In community, we lift each other up. Number two is, in community, we break through barriers. This point's good. It's actually my favorite point. Because this is real life. In community, we break through barriers. Again, looking back into the text, there are are some barriers that we see. And maybe as you heard it and read it, you find more. But what I made an observation was the man is living on the mat. Okay, we know that. Like, that is a big barrier. That is what holds him back in his life. Another barrier, I think, is the roof. The scripture says that the, the friends, they opened the roof. They dug through the roof in order to get him inside of the home. And again, not a small task. I just want to give you some context of what that looked like in building, because it's not 21st century building. There wasn't shingles. There wasn't the wood or the trusses. There wasn't any of that. It was legitimately stones, hay, grass, mud, slopped together with water, dried over a few days, and then they proceeded to do that again and again and again. They, first, they got through the barrier of getting him to the roof. Secondly, they dug a hole through the roof. Are we going to be the church that digs through the barriers? This morning, I just want to say oftentimes in, in our brokenness, that's what pushes people away. When we are broken, we say don't come closer. Some of you in this room are resonating with that. It's the brokenness that tells us it's better to hide and to isolate, and I want to tell you this morning that is a lie of the enemy. Again, don't sit there get out and come up and walk into the freedom that God has for you. This morning, I, I asked, what barriers are you facing? And this is not a question that I'm going to have you answer or show in your hand, but I want you to answer it honestly. What is the barrier in your life, in this moment right now? If, the, if you, when I'm saying that and, and you immediately comes to your mind, I, I, that's the Holy Spirit. Allow the Holy Spirit to bring those things up. But what is the barrier? What areas of your life do you need some people to rally alongside of you and break down some things? Is it an addiction? Is it sin? Pastor Andy gave this brilliant message two weeks ago on sin. Not an easy message to hear because it's sin, okay? But is it sin that's continuing to take hold of your life? Is it the barrier of loneliness? Is it the barrier of isolation? What is it? And I'll just say this this morning, church. We all have a mat. Not one of us walk into here, and we can relate, whether it's a physical mat or just like a, a metaphorical mat, that we all carry something in this place. So what is it? And maybe it's a barrier that I haven't named, but walking through those barriers is better to do in community rather than doing it alone. Don't do it alone. In our sin, our shortfall, in our hopelessness, we need the biblical community. Why? So that we can experience full breakthrough and restoration that Jesus has called us to. Once we experience the breakthrough of our barriers and restoration, that leads us to our last point. And I just sense in this moment too, when we talk about these barriers of life, it doesn't mean they're gonna be gone overnight, okay? A lot of stories in the room. The barriers of our lives are all different but you got to start somewhere. You got to confront it somewhere. Don't leave today without confronting it. Number three, we walk out our faith. In community, we walk out our faith. And this is a place where we don't just hold our faith inside anymore, but we live out loud so all may know, so all may see, so all may experience who Jesus is. And this point tends to be another hard point. This is the action step of truly going from the row to the circle. Maybe you walk into a job and you, you, you keep quiet. Maybe you walk into, whether you're in a ministry position or in the school position, whatever you do. This is a place where you can walk out your faith. And I want to affirm that over you today because sometimes we get this, like, oh, well, my faith needs to be quiet. No, 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 no. God did not call us to be quiet. He called us to be people that seek restoration on other people's behalf through our story and through our restoration that we found in him. And this morning, I, I really want to invite my friends Ryan and Trisha up at this time. Um, and as they come forward, I just want to give you some understanding on why I would bring them up, but as I was prepping for this message, these two really kept coming on, on my heart, and I was like, okay, well, this is a little bit different of how I would normally do a message, but really, when I look at these two individuals, and when I look back at to why God was putting them on my heart, I see these two walking out their faith, and if you don't know their full context of their story, it's actually beautiful. Like, it's a full restoration. It's a full understanding of what God has done in, inside their life as father and daughter. They have seen their father step up and lead the family, and then Trish has been just guided so eloquently by the Holy Spirit to do things, and now she's walking in that. So this morning, we're going to start with Ryan. And Ryan, I want you to just share, in the context of community or, or stepping into your community, what has that meant to you and your family? And really, what, what's the win from the big thing
4: there? Hey, before I get started, I just want to pray real quick. Uh, there, go. there you go. Lord, we come to you with gratitude um, and thanksgiving. We are thankful for. Um, You putting Isaiah into this community, the blessing he is to us, Lord. And I thank you for putting a stirring um, within his spirit to um, not only follow you, Lord, but serve you. We praise your name, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. I have some notes here, um, mostly for your benefit. I know there's a condition um, that we suffer in our families called hangry. So as we approach noon, I'm afraid that that could overcome you f- for how long it would take if I wasn't organized. So, um, so we are talking about in Mark 2. So at verse 5, I want to highlight. Um, it says, when Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralyzed man, son, your sons are forgiven. I want to highlight that word there that signifies community. We are not in this alone. Um, do you think that that paralyzed guy gets to Jesus without his friends, without his, their encouragement? Um, I think not, maybe. Community has just, it's, it's been super essential in my, in my faith journey, and it is essential in all of our faith journeys. So Paul, um, in his letter to the Philippines, Philippines um, tells us that we are to be like-minded, That's community. When I was new to my faith, I say I'm going to use I, but really our faiths are all kind of intertwined. Um, We are the branches, hopefully connected to the vine. So I'm going to talk about my faith. Um, Very service-oriented person, so I was full of energy. Do, do, do. Serve, serve, serve. But I was missing something. Jesus was not at the center of that. So um, lucky for me, I got involved in a small group um, of seasoned Christians is what I would label them as very wise people. Um, They showed me the importance of biblical knowledge, um, putting Jesus at the center of our everyday living, not just when we feel it. Um, That's community, coming alongside of one another. So how did we end up here today? Um, Through a lot of prayer. So my wife and I, we prayed and prayed and prayed for our children to find a youth group That was impactful, that was environment. Prayer answered, obviously. We can all see that. What a blessing. Um, But as God works, He always has a complexity to it that is way beyond our understanding, usually. Um, I found, as we came here, I found a small group. It's a men's group. And um, would you believe, it's hard to believe that men, usually all we get together for is talk to sports, right? Well, believe it or not, we read books, we look at the Bible. Um, we share the highs and lows in relationships, we serve together we laugh together Um, truly a transformational environment so plug for you men, there are seats open and if those seats fill we'll make more, so get signed up man, it's amazing um through this God has revealed to me that uh, my faith is not just for me it's meant to be shared it's meant to be shared with everybody around our experiences um experiences and the knowledge I gained through those seasoned Christians that's wisdom and passing that along and applying that to the people around me. And when we care for the people around us, I truly believe that God delights in that. So So Andy said last week, he talked about, "Hey, are we going to stay in the seats or are we going to get in the game?" I guess that's a challenge for you. Kind of hit me like a ton of bricks. So allow me to encourage you here um, to be obedient. We talked about the stirring. Uh, Be obedient to that stirring. Look into that. Chase that stirring. Here's the next one, probably the toughest step. Embrace the uncomfortable. It is going to be uncomfortable, but I promise you that you will find more joy than you can handle at the end of that. And commit to God's community.
3: That's good. Thank you. Let's give it up for Ryan. Thank you for sharing. And for Trish, everyone give it up for Trish. (laughs) That's right. I just want you to understand, like, this isn't a show for them. Like this is real life. And Trish, her story you're gonna hear in a second, but some of you I know for a fact resonate with her. That God's called you to do something and then you put it off. God has called you to do something and you put it off but I just want you to see the testimony of when we are obedient to what God has called us to, what type of favor shows up. Here we are.
1: Yeah, so um, last year um, I went to camp. I got filled up, I was great, I was super excited. And I came back and I felt like God was just calling me to lead something, whether that be um, an FCA or just like something at my house, like a Bible study. And I was super excited about it and then I didn't do it. And I kinda just got in my shell I didn't tell anyone. I was, like, scared about it. And I was like, no, like, I'm just going to stay where I'm at because I'm comfortable right now. And um, so then this year I went to camp again, and I got the same feeling, and I got the same thing. I was like, all right, here we go. Like, we're going to actually do it this time. And so um, I talked to people. I got, like, guidance on it, and I'm so thankful for the amount of the support that I've had um, to get it going. And so our first one Bible study with these girls was, Um, maybe a month or so ago and I had 12 girls come. Yeah, and I was just like, the next minute I snap my fingers and there's girls sitting in my living room and I don't even know some of them. And so it was a little scary for me, but it was good. Um, And so I just encourage you, if you're, if you feel led to do something or just join something, get a part of a community and that can it really can change your faith. Like it can completely move you one day to the next. Um, and if you're feeling to lead something, tell someone about it. Like you can't keep it by yourself. You're not going to be able to do it alone. You need to seek guidance from other people and especially the youth. There's so many people who are here like willing to help you and stand by you and they're going to they're going to back you up and they're going to be with you. Like because we all have the same goal in mind. We're all trying to build our faith. So just do
3: it together that's great thanks so much you two. i appreciate it they appreciate it how cool how cool in this moment some of you resonate with trisha maybe maybe god's been telling you to step into leading a small group or a table group table community Maybe God's been asking you to pray for someone or something. Let your faith be renewed this morning. She had no idea who's going to show up to her table community, and she started it even before we launched, and 12 girls just showed up. It's a beautiful thing. And this morning, I, I truly hope that you feel encouraged. I hope that this message has really stirred something inside of you and provoked thought of what, what is God asking of me? Where can I be obedient? Where do I need to allow community into my life? And it all kind of boils down to this, and I'm going to invite you to stand with me. We're going to worship in a second, but as we close, it all boils down to this point and this challenge that I have for you, and it simply is this— to Get connected get plugged into a table community today they actually kick off you can head out and your action step can be signing up for a table community or maybe it's leading the table community but let's go from the row to the circle and it may be more awkward than awesome at some points like i remember um, you know Frankly, at one point I led a young adult table group and this is like when Echo was brand new so I didn't really know a lot of people and I think like 22, 23 young people showed up and I was like, oh my gosh, we're all sitting around a fire and no one's talking, like what do we do? It's awkward. Embrace the awkward. Embrace the awkward. And if you're so scared of awkwardness, bring a friend with you. Allow a friend to be a part of your journey into the life change, enhancing your life. Echo Church, we are better together. In community, we lift each other up. We break through barriers and we live out our faith. We live out our faith all across this room I'm just going to pray over your minds I'm going to pray over your hearts in this place maybe this message really resonated with you it stirred something inside of you and you feel like there's really something inside of you that you know that you've been isolated that you've been away and that you've been hiding and God's calling you into the light this morning to experience the peace of Jesus to experience the breakthrough to break through the barriers not alone but inside of community So all across this room, Jesus, if that's them, if that is someone in this room, God, we pray right now freedom. God, we pray for minds to be set free. There is no captive soul in here. God, into the light they may go in Jesus' name. God, we thank you for your scripture. And God, even though we see the full context in Mark chapter 2, we know a healing comes. God, there was a process to what ended up there, and it started with the people. It started with the community, God. So the miracle will come. But God, allow us to be in that space where we are the community that are walking out our faith, that are breaking through the barriers, Jesus. God, we thank you for your working power, the work that you're doing in and through this church, Jesus. God, all with the people in mind. God, thank you for who you are and your faithfulness in this place. And everyone says amen. 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 Let's worship one last time.
2: Yeah, change of pace. Come on, let's have some fun. Come on, hey.
5: You know, sometimes we end and it's like all serious, and then sometimes we end and it's just a party. That was rad. That was really fun. I think we should do that more often. I like getting in church fun. Hey, I want to say something really quick and just kind of a recap. There's this like little lie that we have all kind of embraced, and it's this lie. I, I, I just, I don't, I don't know why it is, but we've all accepted this idea, and we tell ourselves we're the only one that blank. We're the only one whose marriage is having a tough time. We're the only one whose kids act this way, or we're the only one who can't have kids right now, or the, or the only one whose work stinks. or the only, Whatever the list is, you have told yourself at some point you're the only one, and let me tell you what, you are not the only one. But the only way you can fight that lie is to open up to other people and let other people open up to you. So we give you community opportunities, and we talk about table groups, when we talk about getting to know people. It's about you and it's about everybody else. I don't know if you realize that. Sometimes it's for you and sometimes it's for others. And so just don't miss out. Like, I wonder, like, Trisha, I'm proud of you for stepping out this year. But I think there, like, but I hope you guys heard that she felt called a year earlier. And I just wonder, like, don't put it off for another year. Like, don't do that. Now it's turned out Awesome. It's not a judgment at all, but don't do that. Don't put it off for another year if you're feeling that stirring right now. And if you don't see the table community that you're supposed to join, I feel like that's a call in your life to start a new table group. You know, we're going to play hockey this winter. We're going to do some fun stuff. But just, man, step out. Go to somebody's, go to a stranger's house. Just do it. I know that sounds crazy. Like in the world we live in, that's crazy. But just do it. Just do it. Okay. At Echo, one of the things we do every, every week is we say a prayer. And we just say this prayer is an opportunity to surrender. It's an opportunity to come together as a community uh, following Jesus. And so my cool friends in the back are going to put this prayer up on the screen, and we're going to say it, and we're going to all say it. If you're new, just know we're all going to say it. You're not going to be the only one saying it. Um, so hang out with me. Uh, that first part says, oh, there we go. Sweet. David, you guys got me. I got me. All right, you guys ready? Jesus, I surrender. I have more questions than answers, but I choose to follow you anyway. I acknowledge that you lived. You died and you rose again, all with us in mind. I accept the rescue that you offer. Save me and lead me in Jesus' name, and his authority. Amen, amen. Let's celebrate with some people who said that for the first time today. Let's celebrate Ryan and Trisha coming on stage today and sharing their hearts. That was rad. Let's honor Pastor Isaiah for giving and sharing this message today. Come on. And let's celebrate those that came for the very first time to Echo today. We are proud of you. Thanks for coming. Echo Church, we love you. Have a great week, and we'll see you next week.